welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This series, we're focusing on female financial independence, looking towards a stronger financial future. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the show, and please do connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram, or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk. Yeah, I, I and I think it is. It's the shame around it. It's the absolute shame because I I just felt that I I worked really really hard, and I could never understand why I always ended up in this mess. In you know in, in this thing, and it was it was my illness that gave me the space to for the first time in my life take the pressure off my shoulders and I then learned about adverse childhood experiences I learned that um there's something called an ACE score uh, which you you you've probably come across and it was a, a doctor called Dr Vincent Folletti who was running um an obesity trial and he was helping people to lose weight and these were really really, really morbidly obese people and they lost stones and stones and stones and everybody was all thrilled and pleased and then he noticed that they were re, was regaining the weight at the rate of knots and couldn't understand it so instead of just sort of leaving it he had conversations with the participants and over and over again what came out was that um the uh Sorry. Uh, what came out over and over again was that these people had experienced a lot of traumas as, as children, adversities, and they came under um, sort of emotional or physical trauma, neglect or household dysfunction. So after seeing all of this, um, actually the, the regaining the weight was their form of sort of protection. And... Um, their eating it wasn't about um calories or food it was just a coping mechanism because of the the sort of trauma and the damage that was done when they were younger um so he started to do they did a trial trial with like um it was the kaiser permanente study and there were seventeen thousand participants and this is this is the power of it they learned from that that the level of adversity you've had as a child um, is measurable and on on a 10 point score system depending on how many aces a person has experienced as a child they can do a direct prediction to what your state of health is going to be like and most importantly which illnesses you are going to develop as you grow up this is incredible breakthrough so it's become like the theory of everything the ace score really because some people choose eating some people choose drink some others it's drugs for others it's spending for others it's um uh relationships and sex addiction what happens is is that we we choose something to cope with our circumstances when we're child, when we're young children because um, any situation that overwhelms us or where we don't have a voice or power or where we don't get the support that we need when we're growing up it's not necessarily abuse it can be um, an absence of what you needed so if you were really upset about something and somebody said oh just pull yourself together when really what you needed was someone saying you seem very upset what do you need 
if you yeah. didn't get that, if you didn't get that support or that affection or that respect, then it's a very unsafe place to be, isn't it? Yeah. You're, you know, you're unsafe in your body. And what happens is it rewires your nervous system to and your neurology to become very reactive to stress. It triggers a stress gene. And those genes lay dormant, but certain environments will trigger them. So children that are in these difficult environments, you know, you had, uh, I know that, you know, you were, yeah. some, you had abandonment in your childhood. So, you know, a parent leaving divorce or a parent being incarcerated or a parent unavailable emotionally yeah. or with mental health issues through no fault of their own is abandonment to a child. A child doesn't have the safety that it needs. Totally, or even that they're just not emotionally intelligent enough. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be any any of those things. Although, you know, you're, you seem different to them. It can be misattunement. It can be that you've never bonded with, with your caregiver and they, they make you feel that you're a bit odd or a bit strange. And we hear that all the time in the work that I do. People feel that their family don't get them. They feel like a fish out of water. They never felt they fitted in. Um, they would be very upset by things and the parents would say, what's the matter with you? Why are you being so sensitive? You know, so, but that neurology is what creates the sensitivity. And then in order to cope, we find some way of soothing ourselves. And that's all of the things that we've, we've been talking about. Anyway, this study has gone on to change the face of healthcare. So for instance, it's big, a big movement in America, but um, in Scotland, they've become, Glasgow became the ace aware nation. They have completely reconfigured their um, whole uh, social systems. So nursery schools, schools, social services, um, healthcare, um, parliamentary policy, uh, probationary, legal, police, they're all trauma informed now. Wow. So they actually are working to ensure that children are supported in the right way. So, you know, if they've not got that great environment at home, then they, instead of punishing them, uh, you know, as teenagers, they're actually working with children right from the early years now. And it's completely changed the approach of all those major services for society. So that's the ACE Aware movement. And that's all come from this awareness, because if you look at the huge numbers of addiction, mental health issues that we've got going on, it's all traced back to ACEs. So I work now in the field of chronic fatigue, ME, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, post-viral fatigue, long covid you know, all of those areas of recovery. What we know is that if someone has had certain levels of adversity as a child, they are 600% more likely to develop chronic fatigue as an, in their adult years. That's the thing. And massive part of that comes under your realm, which is under-earning, overspending, and a compulsion around um repetitive cycles around debt and borrowing and consolidation and none of that is ever nobody ever asks what happened to you you know when you go to the doctor <laughs> they, they ask you what's wrong with you they don't ask you what's happened to you so you know it's it's something I'm really passionate about because 
I hit rock bottom a few years ago and um, with this, because I, you know, this is true. <clears throat> I've taken on um, wealth mentors, financial coaches. I cannot tell you the courses I've done, the books I've read. And yet still, I found myself in the same cycles of overcommitting my uh, finances because businesses, you know what it's like, businesses are, are, are the same thing. They're another license to spend. And every business owner you talk to has usually got some form of um, overdraft facility, um, bank loan. They're on perhaps mentoring programs that they're paying off on a credit card or monthly or whatever. So when you get into the business fraternity, you are surrounded by people that have normally got loads of borrowing mm. and often don't learn to pay themselves first and are, you know, are, are just servicing their business to pay all, all, you know, all the outgoings. Oh, yeah. All of that. All of that. So a few years ago, I, I was running my business, you know, because marketing is always a risk, isn't it? So, you, you know, you buy some marketing. Speculate to accumulate. Speculate to accumulate <laughs> is what we're all taught. So I was doing all of that. And um, I took on quite an expensive wealth coach because that's my way of doing it. I spent my way out of everything, which, you know, I'd take on something else I couldn't afford. So I took on, um, you know, working with somebody. And we did all the nuts and bolts and, and really getting honest and looking at the figures and doing all what you're supposed to do. But I was having meltdowns after I was having these sessions and I was in such a state afterwards and I was getting migraines and I didn't understand why. And I had a friend who told me that she'd joined um, Debtors Anonymous and got help for free. Well, just the thought of that horrified me because, you know, I do have um, people in my family that have had alcohol addiction and gambling addictions so I know about sort of the the AA type things but never in a million years did I think I would need anything like that um but anyway she was telling me how it was such a relief to finally this is somebody who's highly educated she um came from very very wealthy parents and everything so this is the complete opposite end of the spectrum to me and yet we had the same stresses and drama and trauma around money. So she told me what fantastic steps she'd taken since she joined this. And um, I left it for months, months, months. And then one day I was crying and I rang her. I said, I think I need a bit of help. And um, I then went to a meeting, which was um, just, well, I, I thought I'd share with you what was read out at that meeting and to let you know that I knew I was in the right place <laughs> and Please that it know. wasn't me and my terrible handling of money and my financial inadequacy. It was a real, a real problem. And they read this list out. So I'm going to share it um, with you. I can get rid of the screen. So the first thing that happened when I went to this meeting was that somebody read this out and it was the 12 signs of compulsive debting. And it was being unclear about your financial situation, not knowing account balances, monthly expenses, loan interest rates, fees, fines or contractual obligations. Two, frequently borrowing items such as books, pens or small amounts of money from friends and others and failing to return them. Three, 
poor saving habits, not planning for taxes, retirement or other not recurring but predictable items, and then feeling surprised when they become due. A live for today, don't worry about tomorrow attitude. Four, compulsive shopping, being unable to pass up a good deal, making impulsive purchases, leaving price tags on clothes so that they can be returned, not using items that you've purchased. I've bought courses over the years and I've never even started them. I know so, so many people have done that. Yeah. So five, difficulty in meeting basic financial or personal obligations. And this was the one that stood out for me. So difficulty in meeting basic financial or personal obligations and or an inordinate sense of accomplishments when such obligations are met. And this also, this was like, you know that song, strumming my um, life, was it strumming my life with his fingers? Yep. Telling my life with his words or something. Um, this one is a different feeling when buying things on credit than when paying cash, a feeling of being in the club, of being accepted, of being grown up. So that's me and my credit card spending because I couldn't just book a hotel. It had to be the grand, you know. Yeah. And then seven, living in chaos and drama around money, using one credit card to pay, card to pay another, bouncing checks, always having a financial crisis to contend with. Then eight, a tendency to live on the edge, living paycheck to paycheck, taking risks with health and car insurance coverage, writing checks, hoping money will appear to cover them. Nine, this is the one. Un, this is what you've noticed. Unwarranted inhibition and embarrassment in what should be a normal discussion of money. Yeah. Ten, overworking or under-earning, working extra hours to earn money to pay creditors, using time inefficiently, taking jobs below your skill and education level. 11, an unwillingness to care for and value yourself, living in self-imposed deprivation, denying your basic needs in order to pay your creditors. I didn't really do that one, but lots of people do. And I sponsor and support and outreach with a lot of people that because of all of these issues, they live in tremendous self-deprivation. It's, it's the other side of the grandiosity coin. So with trauma, people go one way or the other. And I was the grandiose person and I help people that are on the other side of the spectrum as well. And then finally, a feeling of hope, a feeling or hope that someone will take care of you if necessary so that you won't really get into serious financial trouble and there'll always be someone you can turn to. So it's very usual that people are used to being bailed out by their families or their partner and so they just go around these cycles over and over again because there's a part of them that's still like a child. They want that person to come in and rescue them. And I've spoken to many people in their 40s, 50s and 60s still living like that and still angry at parents for, you know, not um, seeing how difficult their situation is and not bailing them out. You know, so there's a lot of I was in a lot of um, a, a fog around all these terrible things happen to me and the oh you would do the same as me you would borrow to get out of these situations that was my belief but of course being faced with that list you I was like oh my god that's me and I've got a problem and I need to deal with it and so what was funny was that <clears throat> my workaholism <clears throat> excuse me I thought I'd cracked it because that's how I recovered and I've been helping people recover 
for years and years. And then I went to this to this meeting with these lovely people and I, I cried and cried and cried for the first three meetings. And it gave me the courage to be honest. And at our next big live event, where I'd always hidden how I was struggling with all the, you know, the, the what it took to run a business really and to keep everything all the outcomes and everything I stood up on on in front of the whole of the community and I explained to them what I discovered that my workaholism was actually funded by this um these financial um traumas and issues that I'd had and that I'd had to face up to the fact that I was borrowing I was having to work to service all the debt for the business and that I couldn't continue to do that. So I had to find a new way. And we had to raise some funds because this particular business was a fundraising business as well. <clears throat> and I'd woken up that morning and just decided to say it. And it was a big risk. It was a big risk because I'd always kept all my finances private. And I don't know, I don't, I don't think I realised how much people... Um, people thought of me and, and, and wanted to help. And what happened was amazing, was absolutely amazing. And I had so much love come from that. There, was a, there were people that came to me afterwards quietly and said, Elaine, I can't bear the thought of you struggling with this and I just admire your honesty. And they donated, one person donated um, I told them what the debt amount was and how I'd got a plan of how we were going to get out of it with fundraising. And a person contacted me and immediately gave us £5,000. Another person, a uh, very dear person to me, contacted me and asked to meet me. She handed me a cheque for £3,000 and she handed me another cheque for £14,500. And all of that amount together cleared all the debt in that business and she said three thousand of this is my donation she said the fourteen and a half thousand she said I'm lending you and I don't want you to even think about paying it back for a year I want you to get on your feet I want and we worked out all what needed to be paid and um she said and I don't want any interest she said because I want you to be in a good place to be able to continue the wonderful work that you do and on April, next April, I've got £350 left to pay of that money. That business has been solvent now um, for two years and it's got prudent reserves. I don't use any form of credit card. I don't, I don't have a loan to my name. I've paid off 40 odd thousand pounds worth of debt. The business is a solvent. As I say, I don't have credit cards, I don't have business loans, I don't use Barclay card, I don't use anything. Everything that we had in the business, all of that has gone. Everything's gone from strength to strength. And then last year, all the work that you've done with me, I was able, because I've been renting property because I lost, I had to give up my home. And last year, with your help and support, <clears throat> I bought a property um, that is a, um, a holiday uh, a holiday home that we use near my son and then we have we have it as an uh, income producing uh, business now because 
what I'm working with you now is a very belated retirement and planning. Um, but I'm absolutely confident now. And what a joy. You know, it's been my daughter's 40th birthday this week. And I've been able to um, give her fabulous celebrations this week. Tomorrow we all go to London. I still can be grandiose. Um, I, love, <laughs> I love lovely things. But tomorrow we go to London in a limousine uh, with a group of her friends. And we go to the Mamma Mia experience and we're going to have an absolutely fantastic night. And I have every single penny of that has been paid for. I don't do debt anymore. No, and your other business is hugely successful. Yeah. And it's been rolled across the country to the NHS. So that's not just, this yeah. is not just some small thing that you're doing. No, so my, my other business, luckily, I established when I'd excuse me I established when I'd start to learn all this stuff so I, I, I um I very quickly started to um <clears throat> change the way I operated that and I read also I read um Profit First which book. was the just best thing I've ever read in my life changed everything for me um, because most business owners um, do it all wrong. They just pay everybody else and pay themselves last and everything. So this book put me straight on that. And I've helped loads of people. I've told loads of people about that book. Um, but what getting rid of this terrible shame and stress around debt, and I'm not saying that I'm completely healed because I do get, as you know, I get, it's a lot of years of pain and uh, and so sometimes there's still little things that will trigger me mm. around what other people just taking their stride around money but I know it and I'm aware of it and I've got a fantastic support network around me now um but what I know now is that and I've got savings <laughs> I've got savings Rob and I've got joint savings we've got investments we've I've now got this property and my business is a mission business it was always about making sure that there was a recovery pathway available at the point of GP referral for people who do get struck down with chronic um, fatigue and fibromyalgia and postpartum fatigue because they get written off and told you've got to live with these lifelong limiting um, symptoms and it's simply not true. So um, my, my business, um, Chris's Effect Health, uh, We've, we've we've done a lot of work and we've now got recognized by the NHS and we're running pilots in there and I'm in conversations in fact when I come off of here today that's a conversation that I'm having about the um some of the expansion around that so it looks as though by the end of the year we'll be looking at you know rollout for um, the NHS so the phenomenal potential of the business but I think that I would never have got to that point on those wobbly, awful debting, borrowing foundations, I had to, you know, to get my shit sorted, didn't I? You know, I had to get that solid foundation. And the other thing it's given me, of course, is the is the compassion and the insight. I know I just literally got off a call this morning before we spoke, and one of the guys who had come along, he'd committed to a course, and then he's gone wobbly about it so I had a conversation with him and we talked about money money beliefs and, and any sort of um anything that happened in childhood 
And he said when he was eight years old, his dad had got this fantastic job and they uprooted from England, went to another country, had this great big house and it was the worst decision of his life and he lost everything. And at eight years old, he witnessed all of that. And he said, I then, we had 15 years of my dad clawing, that was his language, clawing his way back to um, trying to, to, you know, to sort of get, get back, get his financial life back on track. So you imagine years eight from eight through, that's all those years. That's massive. And the history, and when we started to talk, what that's left him with is massive trust issues. And whenever he spends money on anything that's a considerable investment, he then panics and thinks that it's, it's not gonna work out and it's all gonna fall apart. And, and when we talked, he's had a repeat history of that happening um, all through his adult years. And so I was, it was really good to be able to talk to him about, you know, he, he thinks that all this happens to him as we were talking about when when he starts to address that so actually understanding your sort of trauma footprint if you like your ACE score um, and appreciating and, and giving yourself the sort of self-care self-love and respect around that and and working to release the shame around you know the way it's manifested in your life as an adult whether that's some sort of addiction and also becoming really aware and standing back and looking how we're all being manipulated to borrow money. Um, you know, I, I love it now because I get letters through the post, you know, offering me, I, I'm, I'm offered credit every day of my life, you know, letters and we all are, but I just, I just laugh at them and tear them up, you know, and sometimes I take a picture and I put them on one of the sites, one of the WhatsApp groups that I'm involved in, you know, with people where we all support each other to, to live really um, a right-sized life around our money. And I really like that, a right-sized life, yeah. yeah. Um, and so before you go today, um, what can people start to do? So people might be resonating with everything you said, and I'm sure they will yeah. be. What yeah. steps should, what's the next step for them? Obviously you went to Debtors Anonymous. Yeah, I went to Debtors the Anonymous. There's also Under Earners Anonymous as well. Um, and it's it's um I just think that there's there's something called step change as well there are charities and things so um in in our um, work where we're supporting people holistically you know uh to recover if financial stuff is part of that picture um you know there's sort of money beliefs and unhelpful habits and things like that then step change is a great organization they are free and they will really help and support you um, but what I know is that this is a spiritual recovery. Um, so I've had some trauma release um, counselling as well. So, um, but I think in the first instance, if any of what I've said has resonated, do check out DA or, or Under Earners Anonymous. Um, just go to the first six meetings there are meetings on every day of the week in every country of the world and they're online so you can go along you don't have to speak particularly you don't have to do anything listen and see if any of what they're saying is resonating with you because I think once you've got the light shone on the issue and the problem but I, I disagree with um, DA and I'm very vociferous about this because um, AA was set up in you know 
don't know, the 1920s or something. And it's it, it can have quite a strong um, focus on that. If you've got these addictions, you've got a disease. I don't agree with that at all. A disease is, you know, long COVID catching, a, you know, a, 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 that's a disease. Um, you can have dis-ease around money, which I had dis-ease all my life around money. Um, so what I know, and the person that I love listening to is Gabor Mate, who is um, an American um, addiction specialist. He's got um, a compulsive spending addiction, even though it, and he talks openly about that uh, or, or is healing, healed from it. But he says that all addictions are unprocessed trauma. Wow, and unsupported trauma and I totally believe that because the people I work with you know our clients we do a we do a trauma profile they've all got aces and traumas so you know their behaviors and their health issues have come out of trying to compensate in some way you know they've become overworkers or over yeah, yeah. or whatever and there's so, so many things that you've said today that are, like I, I've had to I think you have to start to become self-aware yeah. Um, and you start have to go, hang on a minute. Why am I acting like this? Why am I doing this? Why am I feeling like that? And um, I'm naturally quite self-aware. Um, so there's so many things that have resonated with me that you've spoken about that I know that I've had to recognize in myself. And yeah. re more recently, um, there was one particular thing about my relationship with my partner, actually. Um, and so I went to a counsellor. I've never been to a counsellor before. Went to a counsellor. And she was lovely, but she just wanted to talk. She just wanted, like, it was just like a chatty, chatty kind of conversation. I can talk for England. You don't, I don't need to be encouraged to talk, right? And I'm very self-aware, whereas, I'm, you know, it's recognising what your skill set is within yourself, your own sort yeah. of emotional intelligence and what you're good and not good at. Um, I can talk to a friend, figure it out on my own. I'm, I'm generally quite quick and quite smart. There was one thing that was really sticking and I just couldn't seem to shift it. And it's helped talking to my partner about it. That's really helped being able to talk it through openly. Yeah. So there's no, yeah. you know, hiding of things. Um, so I spoke to a really good friend of mine and she said, oh, we're going to do some um, what, timeline therapy, she referred to it. But actually she said it was more of a soul therapy, I think she called it. And but the, the description was, was basically going back to a point where you felt really happy and she went through a process of drawing that through the timeline of events and going over some of the things that I was describing to her. And I'm not saying it's a magic wand and I'm, I'm, I'm not very informed around these sort of different skills and different coaching elements, but I, I do know it's helped me. So at the end of the day, if that's a good thing, that's a good yeah. thing. There's recognizing, I think, what what it is that work will work for you and and if that means reading lots of books or listening to podcasts and just sort of internalizing some of it for a while then start there if it means well actually I need to shift this I need to go and ask for help go and find the right person that you think might yeah. help go and ask your friends for recommendations go you know go and uh, check out chrysalis effect that might be relevant for you um yeah and and ask ask around right because there will be an answer it's just finding out what's right for you yeah. But just be cautious of spending your money I think, on things that actually might be a bit of a shiny object, you know, so yeah, get referrals, I'm, get recommendations, get testimonials. Referral is always the way forward. You know, in the Christmas effect, we've got a recovery pathway. People come through. It's coaching based. And actually, it, it's great. It, it, it's a great um, personal awareness and development course, no matter what. And people are always saying that to me. This just 
this wouldn't just work for chronic fatigue it can help anyone but you know that's our area and that's what we work with but within that we've developed a multidisciplinary team you know a, a big part of my work is is training and accrediting practitioners to become um, trauma-informed recovery coaches so you know they get accreditations in well-being coaching and they're all trauma-informed and um, so they work as part of a big cross referral team so you know it's when people then sort of can start to have awareness around things it's knowing what sort of intervention or what support can really benefit you so recently on a training I was training them on trauma informed and what I did was I brought on a whole team of different trauma release experts who do use different modalities and they came on and explained how it works you know this yeah. is what I do and this is how it works and they talked about timeline therapy or EMDR um eye movement um desensitization which is is really clever you know um uh, different types of sort of hypnotherapy tapping you know there's a whole host of things because and this is probably an important thing is that when we experience those small t traumas those times when we feel overwhelmed or um, we have you know deep emotional pain or we've we've experienced something that we have felt overwhelmed by or traumatized by you don't always have a proper memory of it you know you you it might be it might have happened before you can even speak or you might have sort of blocked it out or or whatever yeah, you don't know necessarily when it's not like a no, it's just a circumstance you, you don't but you'll often find in life that you'll suddenly get angry for no reason or you'll suddenly go on a downer for no reason and you can't put your finger on it well it's because there's a part of the brain that's the ancient part of the brain and it is stores um feeling memories so at the time when you were five or seven or nine or whatever and something happened that felt so deeply scary or uncomfortable for you or or you know you felt grief or whatever it was or panic that feeling lives there hmm. something else in your later life completely unconnected speak to a person read an email something happens in your life and that gets flicked on and your body feels like it's back there and it re-experiences that unresolved trauma get it yeah so what all the trauma therapists can work with is because what that trigger is it's like an electrical charge so when something triggers you that unresolved energy in the body gets triggered and you get the feelings of dread panic upset sadness whatever it is for you and you'll also get physical symptoms and pain in the body as well so what's important is if there's something unresolved in there and you know that you're being impacted by something and it's usually if there's repeat cycles, then working with someone can really get to that in original thing and it will take the electrical charge out. So yeah. if you can remember the event, you won't remember it, it won't have the, it won't be able to have the same impact on you because what happens is it becomes resolved in the body and it can be released. Yeah. So that's a really important thing and it's it's Very important, important. Yeah. so you know if you're struggling with all this stuff um i would say if you're struggling with shame around anything watch brene brown yeah um, I love brene you know around the vulnerability and the shame stuff because 
it does take tremendous courage, you know, and one of the steps that I had to do for my recovery around the money stuff was to make amends to all the people whose lives I'd impacted by my over committing, overspending, because make no mistake, my family would have had me all stressed and in a state all the time because I was over committed and exhausted and all the rest of it. So I had to go to each one of them and say, I'm really sorry, because I realise because of how I was. And, you know, they've all they've said is we just admire your courage for doing the work and doing what it took and standing up and being honest about it. It was really emotional, actually. Okay. And it brought me so much closer to my kids and, you know, and my husband as well. So Amazing. the things we keep silent and secret and hold inside us, actually, they just can destroy our mental and our physical health. But equally, on the flip of that, it can set you free. That's what I was going to say. If we don't face up to them and, and be honest, you know, we're all just trying to do the best we can, Becky, aren't we? Definitely. You know? and, Definitely. And we're all human. And I don't feel any shame around that now. I, I just It's amazing. That makes me so, so happy. Yeah, no, I don't. And, and, and I'm, it has taken me a long time to be able to share it, as you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I felt I had to, I felt I had to give off a, 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 a particular um, persona, persona to be a business owner. <laughs> but actually, oh, that does rhyme. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just am me now, whatever. And work is part of my life, not all of it. No, I love that. We've been talking for a tremendous amount of time. And I know. I, and I might have to do might, might have to do part one and part two. <laughs> <laughs> we might we might need to. Um, but I've I've I knew I would enjoy today, and I knew I'd enjoy listening to you. And I'm so glad that you um was was able to come and do this with me today. I'm so, I'm immensely proud of everything you've achieved, and I can't wait to see what else happens for you and the family and the business over the next twelve months and going forward so thank you so much for joining me today and we're going out I think we're seeing each other next week and we've now got yeah. another call so um I'm saying goodbye but only for the thought of the podcast yeah. oh, and, well, um, I just I just want to say thank you Becky because um I know you were there the day I had a big meltdown around money and you used your inimitable humor as you usually did always do but you've been of absolute support for me and oh, you've, you. give, you've given me the 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 not just the vision that I could move beyond where I was financially but you've actually been with me every step of the way and you're in my head so <laughs> I to have somebody that I can be totally honest with around money and to, and someone that inspires me to know that you know all of the all what's gone before all those sort of um, lack and errors around uh, sort of the way I handled money and everything doesn't matter because what I'm doing now is with you is making such a huge difference so I I I, I just think we're so lucky to have you I, I really oh, do that's that's very Great very sweet of women. you thank thank you so much and I, I love you for saying it I, I'll pay you later <laughs> I'm joking I'm not paying anything <laughs> no I know you're not oh anyway okay well and um, well people can connect uh, with you and um, we'll put your links so people go and check you out and um go and check out the christmas effect and share it with your friends and your family um because if you know somebody that's going through a difficult time with 
you know, uh, long-term illnesses, then go and check out the Crystal Effect because what the work that Elaine does equally is very impactful and amazing. So thank you for everything you do, Elaine, too. It's like a little power buddies here, bumming yeah. each other along. It's brilliant. Yeah. So you all lots of love. Thank you for listening today and I will see you all soon. Take care. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. For any regulated advice, please do head over to www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk.